Hey, Ryan, how do I get project-based learning started at my school? I've gotten some form of this question nearly every day for the last decade from engaged educators just like you. So at Magnify Learning, we've created a free download to get you started. Whether you're a superintendent, principal, coach, or teacher, go to whatispbl.com to get started on your project-based learning journey today. Magnify Learning brings project-based learning workshops to schools across the country because we believe every child deserves to be a part of an inspiring story. Whether you're a superintendent, principal, coach, or teacher, the PBL Playbook Podcast will equip you with the stories, resources, and trainings you need to bring project-based learning to your school. If you want me to answer your PBL question on the podcast, visit whatispbl.com and click on Ask Ryan to submit your question. Welcome to the PBL Playbook Podcast. This is leadership episode number 66. We're talking about mission drift. How do we avoid that? How do we stay tight with our vision? Remember last week, episode 64, we talked about finding those 30 minutes of deep work. I'll tell you what, these two are going to be connected. Peanut butter and jelly right here. They are going to be together. If you don't have one, it's going to be really difficult to find the other. So you might need to go back to episode 64 to talk about how we carve out the 30 minutes of deep work. Before we dive into that, I want to tease this need to know right here. We got a need to know that came in asking, how do I create a positive staff culture? And that is just an awesome question. Like you are on the right track. And if you're open enough to ask that question, I think you're going to get there. So it's all part of the work. Let's dive into this real quick. How do you create a positive staff culture? Number one, you do all the things that you're expecting your teachers to do with their learners. Because a great engaged environment and culture is true for your learners and it's true for your staff. So what are those things that you do? You, you, know, you give voice and choice, you build relationships, you show culture videos, do work that's really important and talk about how it's important. You know, set up your workspace with care, right? If you went into a teacher's uh, classroom and they didn't have anything on the walls, you'd say, oh, maybe you should have something there to help build culture. So look at yourself as a leader. Are you doing those same things? Are you communicating your why and your passion every chance that you get? Are you doing those things on purpose to create a positive staff culture? Because staff culture is more than just getting like a nacho bar for the staff meeting. And, and that can be something you do, but it can't be the only thing, right? You can't just feed your people and say, hey, you, you ought to love working here. That's not exactly how it goes. So you want to share your why, you want to share your passion with your staff so they can start to share their passions with each other. And again, if I all these leadership episodes are going to be connected, but if you go back to episode 62, we talk about the why for your work, right? We connect that to Simon Sinek and talk about sharing your why. So one thing people really like to do when you talk about staff culture is we default back to the book study, which in a book study can bring people together around similar ideas. I'm going to give that a solid maybe. And here's why, because your teachers are overworked as it is. So can a book study build culture? I mean, absolutely. Yes, it can. But where are they going to find the time to really read it and really dive into it? And how are you going to do that as a full staff to get everybody on board? So what if, what if you took sections of really good books that you care about and you shared those sections instead of the whole book? Right? Expecting your, your staff to put in time for a full book study is like your team of teachers in the classroom, like them giving a test all on the same day. Right? Have you ever had like your four core classes, everybody's giving a test on Friday, and then you're wondering why learners are burnout? 
It's really the same thing with your staff. If you're going to add something to their plate, listen very carefully to them. Like if it starts getting where they're getting overloaded because they're already overloaded, you're going to hear that. Nobody's going to read the book. They're going to read a couple sentences and and regurgitate some information to you, which is going to create passivity, the opposite of what you're trying to do. So really, it's the same things that you're counseling your teachers with and how to build a great positive culture. You want to do those same things, right? Just live the talk. So a culture, a positive culture is going to be you instituting these things on purpose. Because really, here's the the true statement. A culture will form whether you build it intentionally or not. So you need to make a move to establish a positive culture on purpose. All right, so that's our need to know today. How do you create a positive staff culture? We're going to talk about mission drift in some form today. And if you don't have that mission and vision design work done, then can I just offer to you that Magnify Learning, like we do that work. We do district design work that will help you create that positive staff culture we just talked about, but also the vision that you can use to unite your staff. Like what does your next three years look like? What does it look like with what you want to create culture with? What does it look like with the logistical vision pieces? What does it look like with training? What does it look like with impact? We go through four different indices with you. We do a three-year visioning plan. And when you're done, you've got a very clear mission, vision for the next three years that you can communicate to your staff and they can see clearly where they fit in that plan. And then they can get behind you and run with you. So another positive staff culture piece is creating that vision. And it's also going to connect into our topic for the day on mission drift is you need to know what your mission is. So you know what you might be drifting from. So if we can help you with that work at Magnify Learning, we love doing that work. Boots on the ground, helping districts design a larger plan for a learner-centered environment. We'd love to help you out with that. As we look at our main topic for today, which is labeled mission drift, uh, you might be thinking from the last leadership episode, like, Ryan, I thought we were talking about big rocks and these, these main ideas that we're supposed to be looking at. And we are. I think it's under this big title of mission drift. Because if your to-do list is just one list on the back of an envelope, and in some way it's not prioritized, then you are drifting from your mission. Like I can guarantee it. Right? Like There's no way that you are efficiently and effectively going through a list on the back of an envelope and things are not prioritized. You're just working on whatever comes up. And I get it. You're like, there's fires. Like There's urgent things that need to be taken care of. Like I totally understand that. If you're going to move your organization forward intentionally with a vision and a path of where you want to take your teachers, your learners, your school, you've got to separate out these big ideas. And otherwise, you are in mission drift. So that's why I put the title of mission drift on this this episode. And really, it's going to be like the next five episodes. We're going to be looking at how do we prevent mission drift and how do we get you moving towards the vision that brought you into this position of leadership. You don't step into leadership without some kind of vision. Otherwise, you wouldn't desire that step forward, right? You would still be in your last position, whatever that was, whether it's teacher, assistant, principal, wherever you were, you wouldn't step forward into leadership if you didn't have some idea of what you wanted the classroom instruction to look like, what you wanted the staff culture to be, what you wanted your community to be like, or how you wanted the community to see your school what the reputation should be because of the outcomes and the impact. So you've got a vision, but if it's not clearly defined, it's unlikely that you're going to get there or it's going to be this big wavy line 
you know, possibly leading to your end goal, but more than likely it's this wavy line and you end up in some place you don't want to be and you're not sure how to get to your final destination. So when we look at these big rocks, that's what's going to keep us from mission drift. So in the last leadership episode, it was how do we set aside 30 minutes of deep work time? And if you remember the episode before that, it was delegation. So it's all about freeing up your time to be able to do the deep work during your work day, not on the weekends where you're stealing time from your family because you've got to have that time with family. You have to have that time where you're not in school mode so that you can be at your best. Like that's just research-based. Like you cannot get around that long-term and your best work is 10 years out. Did you hear that? Your best work is 10 years out. Once you've got more experience, more know-how, more wisdom, that's your best work. So we need you at your best 10 years from now, not just crushing it now. Okay, so we, get, we have to put some systems and processes in place so that you can achieve, communicate your vision in a way that's sustainable for you. And no, it's not going to get less crazy next year. It's not like this isn't a season. If you don't have systems and processes, this is not a season. This is what it will be like your entire career. If you put systems and processes in, there may be seasons of busy, but the, they truly can be seasoned then. Okay, don't, don't fool yourself on this. So the first thing you're going to do, delegate things so that you're working in your zone of genius. Find time. Remember, you don't find time. You carve out time. You make time. So you're going to take that time on a Tuesday from 9 to 9.30, and it's just going to be you, door shut, no interruptions, unless there's a big fight, the superintendent's there, or Michael Jordan's at your door. Outside of that, this is just your time. And you've probably never done that before. So you're going to sit there and you're going to say, what am I supposed to do now? Well, I've got a bunch of emails. I'll empty my inbox. Uh, maybe that's everybody else's priorities, not yours. So I want you to set aside the email and the text. Those things will still be there. You'll have urgent time to do those things. This is time for you to look at deep work. So what are you going to look at? We're going to start looking at mission and vision. And I'll walk you through this over the next couple of weeks, next couple of months, of what this looks like. Because when we do design work with a district, we want to look three years out. If you get to five and 10, a lot of times it's really difficult to see some of those things. So we're going to look at three years out. Where are you now? Where do you want to be? And how do we get there? And there's a lot of variables, a lot of things to look at in there. So let's look at big rocks. Let's, let's start there. What do you think are the important things right now that you're communicating to your staff and you're implementing at your school? And that's what we're talking about. These big rocks are the big things that need to be done. And when we guide districts through this process, we look at four things. We look at your team. We look at instruction. We look at communication. And we look at impact. And when we flesh those four things out, we end up with a very clearly defined vision statement that you can communicate with your teachers so they know where we're going in three years. And you can mold that for any of your stakeholders, whether it be the board, superintendent, parents, your learners, you can, you can tweak that vision statement so that your vision is clear, but you have to get it clear first. And when I say vision statement, I don't mean kind of the pithy, like two sentence buzzword filled, you know, piece that you frame and it goes on your desk. And I'm talking about a multi-page document where you have fleshed out what does it look like for the next year very clearly so that 
it can be communicated to others. Because when you say, hey, we want to have a learner-centered environment, you say that to your staff of 30, you now have 30 different opinions or ideas of what learner-centered looks like. You've got some that are just like, okay, I'm going to come in tomorrow and say, what do you want to do, learners? Let's, let's just whatever you want to do. To, well, I let them choose between a five-paragraph essay or a research paper. So that's pretty learner-centered, right? So you've got these, and, and a ton, right? 28 other versions of what learner-centered looks like. So you have to define that. And you're the leader. So yes, it's going to be a servant leadership. Yes, it'll be collaborative, but you need to be very clear on this. That's why you were in this position. You stepped up and said, I want to be in school leadership because you have a vision for what great learning looks like. So you need to define that. You need to do that work first, and then we're going to invite people into the process. Okay, but first, what does it look like to have your ideal team? Right? What does it look like to have ideal instruction? What does it look like to have ideal communication? And then, this is the part that you probably dreamed about, what is the impact of those things being all on the same page and and, and humming, right? So we're going to get into each of those four pieces of a vision statement in the coming leadership episodes. So make sure you're tuning into those. But what you're going to do first is you need to free up your time. You need to free up to your, your time to where you feel guilty about it. You're like, well, what am I supposed to do? That's when you know you're in the right spot because you're not supposed to be doing, you're supposed to be leading. And some of you, like I get it, like you're a principal and you don't have an assistant principal or a counselor and you do a lot of those things. You need to find ways to delegate some things. If somebody can do it 80% of, as well as you, then you delegate it. You need to carve out the time. I'm asking for a half hour. Again, go back to the previous episodes, a half hour where it's just you. You still have an open door policy, but on Tuesday from 9 to 9.30, you're going to cut yourself off from email, text, the urgent to work on the deep. And then what we're really talking about today is what are the big rocks? What are the big things that you need to do? Like look at your giant to-do list, your task list that is not prioritized and circle the three biggest things that will move your work forward. Not even the urgent, right? Like you probably have some urgent things on there. Like, well, that has to be taken care of, right? It's like, well, we'll get that. But from 9 to 9.30, what are the three biggest things that you could work on? Pick one of those and knock it out. And when you do that, I want you, I don't know if you do a daily journal or if you do a gratitude journal at the end of the night. I highly recommend that. But when you get to that reflection point, I want you to talk about how does that feel? How does it feel to have knocked out one of your big rocks? If you pick the right big rock, that feels really great. Like, wow, like that moved forward. It's not looming behind me. It's not this, because that's the tough work. Like that's the ambiguous part of your job that probably nobody else can do. And and it looms and you're like, I know that's going to be difficult. I can't do that in between these other meetings. I need time for that. This is your time. If a task just popped up in your head, that's the one I want you to pick. One of your big three, and I want you to tackle that. And once you see the momentum there, like I said in the last leadership episode, once you do Tuesday, you're going to want to do Wednesday. And if you've got 30 minutes, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in your week to do deep work, to knock out three big rocks, three big tasks that are going to open up huge doors for you, that are going to move the work forward, you're going to see that you've got time. 
And once you start to get time, don't start to do more things. That will be a temptation because you're a high flyer. Right? You can get things done. You can do this. But what, it, what we need you to do is we need you to free up your time to lead. You need to free up your time to lead, not do. I know you can do more. I know that you could lead an after-school program. That would be great for kids. But I don't want you to do that. I want you to lead that. So we've got to free up some of your time for the leadership aspect of your work. And as we do that, now we're going to walk you through a vision statement. We're going to create a very clear vision statement around your team, which is going to include your culture, which we talked about today. We're going to talk about instruction, which may include curriculum, but it's also how are your teachers delivering the instruction and learning in classrooms? How clear is that across the board? Like if you look at your 30 teaching staff, how disjointed is their delivery of instruction or their thought process around instruction? My guess, if you haven't done this work before, is that's very disjointed and everybody's doing the best they can, right? Which is great. We're all passionate in this world. They're doing the best they can. But what if it was clear and on the same page? Then we're going to talk about communication. How do you communicate this vision so that everybody can get on board and start moving synergistically instead of all these different directions that are pulling things and slowing things down? And then the the best part of this is we're going to look at the impact. Three years from now, what would be the greatest impact if all these things worked? What would the impact be in your school, in your work with your teachers? What would the impact be on your learners? What would the impact be on community? What would the impact be on the culture? And this probably won't hit your full vision that'll go public, but I'd like to, we'll, we'll insert an extra paragraph for you. What would it look like for you? Home life, work life, stress, blood pressure, right? What does it look like for those things if things are hitting the vision as you've laid it out? In three years, what's that look like for you and your staff and your learners? That's exciting work. And we'll help you put words to that, but you've got to have time to do that, deep work time. And yes, we will be collaborative with it at some point, but right now, you stepped up to be the leader of your school building. You stepped up to a position of leadership for a reason because you have a vision and you have a skill set that will help deliver that vision. So you need to put this together clearly first, and then we will invite people in. And as we do that, you're going to start to build momentum behind that vision and that's when it's going to start to get rolling. All right. So based on these last episodes, you're going to delegate, you're going to create space for yourself, a half hour of deep work time. You're going to knock out some of your big three objectives. And then that's going to free you up for time for the next couple of months where we can really hone in on the clarity of your mission and vision statement. And as you do that, that's going to get your building humming. That's where we're going to be hitting on all cylinders. That is really exciting leadership work. And as you do that, it will engage your learners, tackle boredom, and transform your classrooms. If you are listening to these leadership episodes and this idea of design work within your district or your school building is really something that is really hitting your leadership bone, you're like, yes, I want that. Go to whatispbl.com, click on Ask Ryan, and say, hey, Ryan, how do I do this design work with you? At Magnify Learning, we have a process for this. You end up with a deliverable of this vision statement that helps you move forward. And we we would love to do that with you. We would look at the work that we do with the district design work as some of the best work we do because then things aren't disjointed. They aren't worked into 
kind of a, a framework that doesn't fit PBL well, now we've got a big long-term plan. Three years, we know where we're going. Everybody's on all cylinders. It's exciting work. So if you'd like to jump into the design work with us, go to whatispbl.com, click on Ask Ryan, say, Ryan, how do we do this design work with you? And we'll reach back out to you and we can have that conversation. 